0: I'm sorry that I missed your party, I wish I had a better excuse, but I can't even lie, you got me, I was busy thinking about boys, 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 I was busy dreaming about boys, 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 I was busy thinking about boys. Boys, boys! Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to Aya versus the Big Boys. Tonight's fight: Zack Snyder's Justice League. Hello and welcome. My name is Kevin Cookman, resident Big Boy and ringleader for the matchup of the century. As you very much know, we are struggling in a global pandemic, most of us working from home. The side effect of that? A lot more free time to catch up on media of all shapes and sizes. We all have movies we know we should have seen by now, but just haven't. Call the canon, call the IMDb Top 250, or call them the big boys, the pinnacles of cinema, maybe the most explicitly patriarchal artistic medium of all time. It's time for a Bro Movie Beatdown. Without any further ado, in today's episode, and every episode, I am joined by the titular prize fighter herself, the savior of Earth, and all that we know, Aya Layman.
1: Kevin? I'm gonna fucking kill you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Do I Batman mean it line. as a
1: quote? Do I mean it seriously? I don't know anymore, and I think both.
0: I'm making us do Snyder Cut. This
1: was sadistic for so many reasons. And I I will list them now. Primarily because I already sat through the Justice League in November 2017. I sat my butt down for the Justice League. (laughs) I took time out of my life in November 2017. I was working seasonal retail and I took time out of my busy life. And I, char- it was November, right? Yeah, it was. I looked this up recently. And I charged up my movie pass. <laughs> I sat my butt down to watch Z- to watch not Zack Snyder's The Justice League. All right. There's the key component. Mm-hmm. And then I was expected to watch a four hour long film sadistic, sadistic, especially because Kevin had not seen the original one, so this was not a way like this was only kind of a waste of your time,
0: oh no, don't worry. I watched uh the twenty seventeen Justice League and then immediately followed it up with twenty twenty one Zack Snyder's sadistic Justice League.
1: sadistic did
0: a double feature baby that's
1: horrifying. that's sickening,
0: so is that it? you just you just you watched the movie once, didn't like it, didn't want to see the real version
1: absolutely not very few <laughs> things in my life have I wanted less frankly
0: <laughs> well look we'll dive into it all all this is our first foray into Zack Snyder it's gonna be a fucking tango baby but before we get into that I want to thank everyone for listening to I Avert to the big boys we're a podcast on the merry-go-round magazine network and you know what did you know that you could send us listener mail Ooh. over at iverse the big boys at gmail.com fun we got a nice little message from our listener and pal. Uh, hello there after finishing the training day episode i am calling to action above wow. all this pod is doing it for me i leave each episode either loving movies i once hated and sometimes hating movies i loved but Sorry. point <laughs> is this pod has me thinking about movies wow. following since the Goodfellas and Drive episodes and experiencing the journey of going back and re-watching a lot of these movies as I became a big boy movie fan has been really exciting. Thank you both for this trip. It certainly has been one. I would love to know if we're going to get some Oscars talk on the pod as it approaches and hear about its heavily big boy leaning past and look at this year's big boys and decide what is constituting as a big boy for this insane, insane year. You guys keep slam dunking on these big boys. Sincerely, John.
1: That's like the nicest email. I like don't even believe it's real. Like I think you sent that in under like a fake name. <laughs> you wrote it. It's like, oh, it's not an email. It's a word doc.
0: <laughs> Here, Hey, Johnny, bud. Uh, Thanks for listening to the show. First and foremost. Uh, Secondly, uh, I think I uh, it makes sense that whatever wins best picture, we should probably talk about it on the show. Buddy, we'll see you in early May with... I'm not going to jinx it, but probably a Nomadland episode.
1: <laughs> probably, right?
0: I it, All signs are pointing to it. It would be psychotic for them to not choose that film. I think it could it, be it, a, it Minari, just, just, uh,
1: a Minari episode. I think oh, it could possibly. be.
0: I, I, I am not attached to this race at all. I think it's really... All this award season shit is really... It strikes me as very odd and off-color this year.
1: Yeah. I personally am like... <laughs> so addicted to Mank being nominated for the most awards of any movie (laughs) like that to me is camp Like that to me is that's so it's so gorgeous I'm so obsessed with that because that movie is like so meh it's like so nothing you know I mean like again I don't need to repeat myself obviously like we know my qualifications for being able to call Mank an eh movie (laughs) but like that movie's so eh but like i'm addicted to the fact like it's getting the treatment that i want from all the movies that people think that i the the, all the the movies that i like that people think are eh like like i think gone girls should have gotten that many award nominations but it came out in a year where like a lot of really good movies came out mank came out in a very dry year apparently (laughs) so so i'm like yes thank you david Fincher can collect that's fine also i saw like a very I put this on my Twitter, but I saw a tweet from Cher that was, like, one of her classic Cher tweets that was, like, all caps, Congratulations, dear, you deserve the Oscar nomination, Mank was great, and you were great in it. And, like, before I got to you were great in it, my brain literally was, like, oh, my God, Cher and David Fincher are friends? (laughs) (laughs) I was psyched. I was, like, this is is perfect combination of intersection of my interests. But then I remember that, of course, Amanda Seyfried does, in fact, play her granddaughter. Famously plays her granddaughter on screen. Oh yeah, it's to say Seyfried's first uh, nomination, right? I th-
0: I think so. She yeah, and is... for a while there, it was a little like hot and cold on whether she would even get it, That's which is insane. absurd.
1: She is such such an engaging actor and it's 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 like out of my I can't even fathom that this is her first nomination I can't fathom that she hasn't gotten like the Jennifer Lawrence Emma Stone treatment like that drives me nuts because she's so much more talented than both of them I think they're both very and that's I'm not dragging either of them I think they're both very good actors but like (laughs) have you seen mama mia the pipes on that (laughs) young lady her voice is incredible like her voice is is so good I think Amanda Seyfried should be Oh, she was in late Mis, huh? She was good in that.
0: It is really bizarre how I think the two actresses that you mentioned are really interesting choices to pick out because Amanda Seyfried is like literally like the triple quadruple threat, and then the people who have been getting her roles are actresses that need to be molded into skills and abilities that Seyfried already has. Like you think about that Lala, Laird, already Amazon adept, at.
1: cannot sing
0: or dance or dance you,
1: uh, Amanda Seyfried has both those talents already on luck like and it's not like she was chosen from a Mia and then learned how to sing like she already knew how to sing they chose her because her voice was so perfect for that role I can't even talk I'm mean, gonna lose my mind I mean it's so mad talking about Amanda Seyfried she's so good at Mank and I love Mr. Fincher for picking her for Mank because she's so good in that she's so good in that movie
0: were there any Oscar surprises or snubs for you Aya while we're on the topic Anything that struck out to you? Did you have any reaction to this? No, not at all.
1: I mean, I was excited that Stephen Young got nominated for Best Actor because I've been Young Hive since <laughs> I unfortunately watched two seasons of The Walking Dead in 2012. To impress well, you were down bad. Yeah. Um, Steven Young is very sexy and a very good, good talent, and I'm super happy that he got nominated and that Minari got nominated for Best Picture, not just foreign language film.
0: Uh, I think there's some really evil movies here that are getting a lot of acclaim and are in the front running for a lot of uh, uh, a lot of categories. But I gotta say uh, a movie that I didn't watch when we did our uh, Golden Boys episode that I really wish I had. Oh, me too. That... I know
1: what you're gonna say already because I agree. Best Picture Fucking... should have been in the Best Picture. should have been Best Picture. It
0: should have been because Thomas Vinterberg's <laughs> Another Round. Him getting nominated for Best Director is so wild. That's that so is crazy. such a cool fucking thing to have happened
1: i know people Ugh. were really commenting on the lineup for that because there are two female directors nominated and then you got minari director and then you've got thomas vinterberg and then you've got <laughs> <laughs> for his third and oscar nomination of all time i brought it back <laughs> mr david fincher and people were like where's Regina king blah blah and i was like I didn't, I didn't watch One Night in Miami. I watched the first scene and was like, I'm not doing this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it with my dad and he fell asleep and we were like, we can't watch this. But also, okay, please cut this out if this is bad. <laughs> that movie was the corniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life, right?
0: It, it's such a, th- a trope of like theater and literature to like, obviously what that movie is trying is it to play? do. That, you,
1: it, well, it is a play? It is. It's based well, on a well, there play. There you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and like I feel like a lot of plays try and do this where they want to encapsulate an entire decade, but they find, like the playwright finds that it's kind of way too difficult to do that much historical research. So they're just like, okay, um, I'm just gonna make up a scenario where uh, all these four people who never met uh, were in the same room and they just talked. You know, it's like that's a movie for people who find the the icebreaker question of like, if you could have dinner with any person living or dead, who would it be? Like if someone finds that to be an interesting question, one night in Miami is for them. If you don't find that to be an interesting question, do not watch that film.
1: I truly like here, reading the premise, I was like, oh cool, this is about like a night that actually happened. It didn't.
0: (laughs) Nope, not (laughs) at all. Never happened once.
1: it, It does seem like when you said play that sparked my brain immediately where i was like that's why i couldn't get into that movie again i did watch the first like two scenes probably tops but like the theater energy was dripping off of it in the worst way where like everything about it is like let's try this exercise (laughs) and i'm like i don't care for that i think the guys are great i obviously like leslie odom jr is amazing so like I really respect Regina King. Obviously in this house we stand Miss Regina King. I'm sure she did a great job, but like I I that movie like was not it for me. And I loved another round. Love David Fincher. <laughs> so I was like, fine. The two women <laughs> in this category are not the worst you could have picked, buddy.
0: <laughs> another round is a movie that was like totally cool as I was watching it. And like I was like, oh okay, just like dudes being dudes, bros rock. Is I movie love is guys. guys
1: being bros, brother.
0: And you know, it's fun. And then you realize like what went into making that film. And it's like, oh my fucking God, this all clicks. This all makes sense. There's a reason why this feels like the saddest movie ever made. And because it is. Uh, Coincidentally enough, Aya, the circumstances around Another Round. No. Incredibly similar. I hate
1: you.
0: Thematically, uh, connectively, to Zack Snyder's Justice League.
1: Not to quote a vine, but I, I can't believe you've done this.
0: <laughs> I, if I could program any double feature right now, it would be Thomas Vinterberg's Another Round and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Easy fucking peasy.
1: Speak on another round. I did watch several Q and A's, but I was very distracted by Mads Mikkelsen lighting a cig and chugging a coke in the
0: middle. Of understandable, the very understandable.
1: He also would have knocked someone out for my hottest of the year. Oh my lord, he looks so hot in that movie. Him dancing at the end is like unparalleled. Okay, continue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Desperately miscast as a loser teacher, but it's so it's wrong. Mads Mikkelsen, but I don't so care. Vinterberg <laughs> uh, originally goes into another round, being like, "Okay, this is going to be a movie all about how alcohol is great." And he's like just wanting to make like this pillar to debauchery and kind of show like how great it feels to be a dirty bro. And it's a very simple sort of like Lars von Trier doing the idiots type of thing. Like a very uh, primal return to his roots. A couple days into production, his teenage daughter dies in a car crash. And he then leaves set uh, because he just he can't can't fucking do this movie right now. But they can't really, they don't really have the funds, the means to stop production. Uh, So his co-writer, or if not co-writer, then at least creative partner, he takes on directing the film for a week. And then when Vinterberg returns uh, from just a few days after the funeral, he's directing this film in fits and spurts. And when moments are getting like way too heavy for him, his friend is directing the film for him. And he basically rewrites the movie and sort of recalibrates it to being this dude rock anthem to being completely about this celebration of reclaiming your life and seeing what you can do after you reach rock bottom or after you think you've reached rock bottom. Uh, And so that film is like... It, it should be – there's a lot of moments that are, like, really, like, boisterous and fun and just, like – it's a hangout movie. Yeah. But then out of the blue, you just get punched in, like, not even the, the gut, but, like, the throat. And you're not sure why, and it's because every motivation for that happening is happening behind the camera.
1: Right, right. And, like, when you say it's, like, a fun movie, it doesn't feel right because, like, there are so many fun aspects of the movie because it just goes, like, absolutely – off the chain (laughs) like it just goes nuts off the rails but like it's not fun it's so depressing but at the same time i mean i think it's like a lovely oh god i'm sick by even what i'm about to say but like it is a a really lovely encapsulation of just like the human experience of like everything rocks but everything fucking sucks at the same yeah. time and like there's everything is nuanced like everything like you could experience the same things as other people and, and experiencing them completely differently like the friend who dies like every everyone in that movie does the same thing and goes through it completely differently and i do think it's a very interesting celebration of just like the oh the, the dummy shit we get ourselves into and the complexities of like experiencing happiness
0: which is why which is why i want to connect it to fucking Zack snyder's justice league because what is this film if not that same modus operandi this
1: movie is simply bros being dudes
0: it is 300 million dollars of that
1: (laughs) (laughs) wonder woman is a bro now
0: (laughs) (laughs) a bro and a psycho serial killer join the club Let's zoom back a little bit. Aya, when I say Zack Snyder, what is your response?
1: Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Deeply bad. Zack Snyder is a famous resident of Redacted, California, which is where I'm also from. And he lived next door to a girl I went to high school with. And I remember her telling us this several times, bragging about it even, and me being like, that's not something to brag about. It just means you're rich. (laughs) cool Tori we don't care (laughs) and like no one else knew who he was of course like we're like what 15 years old and I'm sitting there being like the 300 guy (laughs) everyone around me is like
0: who (laughs) Uh, in the boys locker room 15 year old you drop Zack Snyder you drop those movies go nuts absolutely fucking ham
1: I went to all-girls school we did not care (laughs) they did not care (laughs) I remember being like wow all right
0: have you seen any of Mr. Snyder's motion pictures?
1: I have not. I've actively avoided them, I'd say. I've only seen parts of Batman versus Superman, which I did fall asleep in. <laughs> I Good. saw, as I said, the Justice League, the original, which I guess maybe people would get mad at me calling it a Zack Snyder film. Um, I saw it in theaters, and I also famously <laughs> fell asleep in that. And I woke up, and I nudged my friend, and I said, did I miss any Amy Adams? And she said, no. And I said, thank God. <laughs> that's it i will not watch soccer punch i remember a man tried to tell me my freshman year of college that it was actually very feminist and i um (laughs) i I never want to speak to you uh, again
0: a dirty lie a really horrible lie to take
1: really cursed take um yeah no i i have no desire to ever engage with um any of his content whatsoever
0: okay look fair enough
1: except for hot benefits and Fair. he has two <laughs> famous female actresses <laughs> talking to each other in a scene. I'll take it. I'll take it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so has it? Has the main deterrent just been the hyper-maskness of his works, or has it been his reputation or a, a combination of the two?
1: I think it's all of the above. I hate his vibe. I hate his energy so much. And to top it all off, these movies are not good. Like I have no positive associations with any of these movies. I've heard 300 is fun. That's all I will give him
0: and you were about to hear from me that watchmen is an incredible piece of media.
1: Oh, people like watchmen, huh?
0: Watchmen goes fucking crazy. I was rewatching a little bit today to just be like, what why why is this guy known? Cuz I was watching his the Snyder cut of Justice League and I was it, it looked boring. Like there's it, there's not really much popping off the screen. Like everything that I thought he was known for was not coming through in this film. And so then I watch Watchmen a little bit, and I just I I just like I I melted into my own pants. Oh my like God. he is so so good at recreating images, and so bad at creating images of his own.
1: I yeah okay yeah.
0: Which is why I think Watchmen, three hundred, and Dawn of the Dead, all films that are based like very explicitly on pre existing properties, are kind of baller.
1: The premise of this podcast is I don't like men at all, but (laughs) I'm learning to, I think. And I'm trying to engage more with media that is deliberately made with men in mind and that men particularly enjoy. And I think that a lot of these films I'm learning, I I have like drawn a veil over because I refuse to engage with them because I'm like, I know I won't like them. Do you know what I mean? Like part of my brain is like, there's like, part of my brain won't connect with it. Like I'm, I'm, I won't let myself, I'm just like, no, I don't want to watch Heat. I don't want to watch Goodfellas because like, if boys like this, I'm going to fucking hate this. But in the last almost calendar year of us doing this podcast, a lot of that has been me learning, okay, there are, there is nuance to these films. There is a reason why people like them so much. Like, they are, they have been made inaccessible to me because of the reputation around them and the way that men uh, gatekeep, I'd say, in cinema. But there is an actual draw to these films, ultimately, and I do end up liking them, and I do feel like women are getting better at reclaiming film in general and being able to, like, kind of bust down that gate. Zack Snyder? No. (laughs) Not that. (laughs) Doesn't fit that bill at all. That's not him. No. So like, so like, yes, I used to think maybe Scorsese was not my bag. I used to think that. And now I'm like, actually, I really like a lot of the movies that I've seen of his. Zack Snyder continually proves to me that I'm... These are not made for me, baby. These are for boys. I am not... As much as I love to talk about my freaking boys, like, as much as I call myself just one of the freaking boys, I am not a boy. And Zack Snyder is like, know your place, sweetie. Go play (laughs) with your dolls, you dumb bitch, and get out of my movie theater.
0: That brings us to the third film in a trilogy of films that you have not seen, Zack Snyder's no, Justice League. I
1: said I have seen them all, but I have fallen asleep in every single one. Oh,
0: okay. Fine. You've, you've quote unquote seen them all.
1: I think I watched Man of Steel. I definitely fell asleep in Man of Steel. That's for sure. And I definitely fell asleep in Batman versus Superman. But Jesus I saw Christ. parts of it. And I definitely fell asleep in Justice League, but I saw the end.
0: Where does Zack Snyder's Justice League... This mythical unicorn of sort of modern film, uh, just modern film QAnon. Just everyone thinking that this movie exists. Oh, it exists. And him throwing out breadcrumbs that it exists. Guess what? It fucking exists. It's on HBO Max. It's four hours long. We watched it. Where does this fit in to your Zack Snyder equation?
1: Uh, I'll I'll let you know when I finish it.
0: (laughs) Oh my fucking God, dude. (laughs) What the?
1: Um, what are you talking about according to hbo max i have about uh i got about 30 minutes
0: (laughs) i'm going to quit the podcast oh my god (laughs) okay
1: I, i cannot rank them i like batman i'm gonna say it's batman versus superman because the best because jesse eisenberg is in it and Um, I love the Martha thing. I think that's the funniest thing that's ever happened in the history of a film.
0: This episode is already broken. So just, just, just let us break it to me. Your immediate reaction as you are watching the Snyder cut as we speak. What are your thoughts (laughs) on this piece of media?
1: Second, they enter them. They're in and out immediately. All I remember from Batman vs. Superman, is Jesse Eisenberg's wig. That's all I remember. And and there's a very sexy scene where Amy Adams is in the bathtub and Henry yes. Cavill gets in it with her, which is very sexy. I literally like did research on the entire cast of that movie for my internship in college and <laughs> don't remember it like I fell asleep I-, I fell asleep for part of it I woke up and I saw the rest of the movie like I took like a snooze it was probably 15 minutes top but it feels like I slept through the entire thing because I don't know what happened. like they they're so they hold they hold such little place in my brain
0: have you watched any of Justice League with the sound on
1: um about an hour
0: you've watched 25 percent of Justice League <laughs> with sound on
1: <laughs> I did it I did it while I was working <laughs>
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, judging by the fact that I've asked what you think of Justice League twice and you've talked about Batman versus Superman each time, I'm guessing I'm guessing Justice League isn't quite leaving an imprint on you.
1: Willem Dafoe's in this movie.
0: Yes, That's yeah. Sick.
1: That's sick as hell. Yeah. It's leaving a negative impression on my brain. I think I've lost other memories because I'm watching this movie. <laughs> Okay. Like, who's Thor? I don't even know who Thor is anymore. <laughs> I'm forgetting details about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This was such a waste of my time. This was such a waste. Of, like, I, like, I feel like the entire time I was watching this movie... <laughs> I don't know what you thought you signed up for, Chief. The entire time I was watching this movie... The scene in *The Social Network* where um, the Winklevoss twins go to see Dean Larry Summers, and they sit in his office, and he says, "This is wrong. You being here is <laughs> wrong. This is not what Harvard saw in you. Like this does not represent Harvard. Like that is how I feel about every second of this four hour
0: two mm, yeah.
1: mi- two social network length movie yes yes that's how i felt every second of it this is wrong this movie being here is wrong is it paying off my student loans maybe <laughs> i'll never see those papers so i don't know but maybe it is <laughs> basically it just feels so bad like not only is the movie so mediocre it's not even bad i don't think it's bad i can't tell you if it's bad or not i saw that there's the part where she pulled out wait can we i ask you a question did she oh i forgot billy crudup is in this movie too he's hot <sighs> did she impregnate herself impregnate herself with superman's nut
0: that i don't know you can't
1: you can't walk away from a movie not knowing (laughs) if something like that happened (laughs) you can't just walk away from a four-hour movie and say i'm actually not clear on that one
0: (laughs) i only know that the answer is maybe yes because i was reading up apparently uh hbo max they did like a watch party on screener where Zack snyder was present in the chat with like 20,000 other fans. That's cute. And and he was like doing little trivia bits as the movie was going and apparently he re- did like so does anyone catch the hints of Lois being pregnant? That's the only reason I have an answer to your question right now because I read an article about his screener chat trivia.
1: So I was right. She impregnated herself with his nut.
0: She impregnated herself with his nut.
1: Thank you. Anyways, <laughs> This movie was fine. It was fine. Like, I truly can't give you a review of this movie. It was so fine. I mean, you have
0: 20 minutes left.
1: (laughs) I'll give you a review in 20 minutes, Kevin. (laughs) Time it on the podcast right now. If you're listening to this podcast, in 20 minutes, I will have a review of the movie. I think that its creation is, like, so immoral in a way like i think it's bad and i read an article <laughs> i read an article where someone was like it's actually um someone I actually like kind of respect was like it's actually kind of nice that the snyder cut exists um because it's nice to know that like um Our dreams can still be dreams, even when all of our um, hope has been crushed by COVID. And I was like, I'm so glad that you have found some kind of silver lining to wasting four good Christian hours of your time in the way that you just did. But I cannot possibly. And like, the thing about it is that like, I do feel very devastated for Zack Snyder. Like, that's a very sad thing to go through for the benefit of the listener, his child um committed suicide while he was making this movie and uh he who shall not be named stepped in to complete the original justice league which is why he has not seen this hit that version of it and he made his own the studio got involved it was bad i understand that it's like very promising that he got to ultimately make the movie that he wanted to make did m- hundreds of millions of dollars need to be funneled in the middle of a pandemic Lovato, did they need to funnel hundreds of millions of dollars into a movie that young hot men bullied an entire studio into making <laughs> do you know how many people Warner Media let let go last year laid off last year a lot they la- laid off a pretty significant amount of people in the middle of the pandemic more and you're telling me the Snyder Cut is like a net good?
0: So, here's the thing. I don't know if you're giving this film enough credit. <laughs> at the same exact <laughs> time, at this li- at the same exact time, I think you are being far, far too kind to this movie. Yeah, I know. This film should not exist. This we should not have a four hour. Zack Snyder's Justice League. no way Jose. and yet we do because because good night, many many weirdos bullied a studio for three years, three entire years to uphold a filmmaker who's like last three years. Perhaps four films, maybe even five, have <laughs> been financial flops. That's the craziest thing about Zack Snyder. He's not Christopher Nolan. No. He's not... I can't even name another filmmaker. He's not Tarantino. He's no Michael Bay. He is not a director who brings in the big bucks on his name.
1: He was not even like a known <clears throat> director until... People started, I feel, until people started talking about the Snyder Cut, specifically. Would you agree?
0: I would not, but I think we also run in very different circles.
1: Yes, I'm talking about, like, the group chat that I had to explain what the Snyder Cut was to yesterday. Like, they didn't know who Zack Snyder was.
0: I think even then, Zack Snyder became a guy, I think, in, like, 2007, 2008, when it was announced he was going to adapt Watchmen, Mm -hmm. because that's, like, the graphic novel that can't be adapted, and yet he did it. Right after doing one of the most insane dudes rock movies of the 2000s the, and 300. I'd say
1: the dudes rock movie
0: in the 2000s. You're probably, actually, you're entirely right. It's like Superman and 300
1: right. are tied for dudes rock movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like he established what a new hyper-masculinity was in cinema. So he was kind of like a weirdo auteur for that alone. When he gets the Superman gig, people are like, oh, Okay, I'm listening. And every sane person completely bailed because the movie fucking sucked. It was this horrible, horrible just combination of what Marvel was trying to do and what Christopher Nolan was trying to do. And it just made for something that was boring, did not work, and just like Justice League was so monochrome in its color uh, temperature that it almost looked like it was black and white. And so the fucking weirdos that remained were people who were on a very anti-Marvel agenda. They've really, really, really valued how dour and anti-human and gritty these movies were. And so they were ride or dies for Snyder. And for years, Aya, years, I always thought that this conspiracy that WB and Kos Keaton had somehow completely corrupted Snyder's vision and purposefully... Uh, ruined his vision I thought it was brain cancer I thought it was the dumbest fucking conspiracy theory you could ever come up with and then this week I watched the 2017 edit of Justice League and hey it definitely makes Snyder look real bad and he is a director who can make himself look bad (laughs) by his own damn self he does not need anyone's help and so here's the thing The drive and knowing that you have this slavish fan base who is really rooting for you to get back into this. Something that, uh, like a project that mirrors his own lack of closure with not only the project that he had been working on for the greater part of the 2010s, but also something that was taken away from him at the very same time that one of the greatest loves of his life was taken away with him. Mm -hmm. I find to be a very fascinating set of circumstances that we will literally never see again like this is a once in a lifetime freak like 370 million dollar incident where i think what's also crazy is that snyder did not take any pay for uh this recut and all the proceeds that this movie makes in, in either IMAX showings or on HBO Max or through advertisements or whatever, it all goes towards the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention.
1: That's that's nice. Zachary. Yeah.
0: Like there's not a cent of it that's going towards the Snyder family or so they say. Um, <laughs> I mean <laughs> and so it create I, I here's here's where I find this movie deserves more credit. I think this is a fascinating experiment. In not only what a himbo auteur wants to make the studio blockbuster into versus what the studio wants their product to be. But it's also a man coming out of like this really dark pit of grief and re-editing a movie that was originally not intended to speak on this to ultimately speak on this pain that he's gone through in the last three years. Does he ultimately choose the weird like thirty minutes of of ending scenes and weird like post credit scenes that could have just been taken out? Yes, he ultimately does prioritize that, but there's a lot in this movie that's about like owning up to your own worth and owning up to what your parents saddle on to you and things that you have not chosen. Are, are things that you kind of just have to deal with and make the most out of your life with that I find really interesting and touching and shit that I don't think would have been in there had he not had these last three years. So as an insight into a fucked up dude's really fucked up last five years, I think it's really cool it's still justice league
1: (laughs) (laughs) on the end, at the end of the day. I mean, I agree with you. It does feel like almost cinematic the way that it has happened. And like, it is a testament to the power of like social media where like, you know, he truly is living like an underdog story in a way, you know, like he's but at the same time, like, is he, I don't know. like, the way that it can be packaged and the way that more and more people, I'm sure, got on board as the story came out and like this, and like the Twitter hashtags kept going is because like it truly is like a very sad underdog story of like this movie and it was taken away from him by the the, the greedy studio and the naughty he who shall not be named. But like, <sighs> so it is like a very interesting story. I think it and you're right, like we're never going to see something like this again. And it's almost Completely removed, it is f- almost fun to know that this insane <laughs> shit happened, like, in front of our eyes on tw- over Twitter.com.
0: Like, I was, I was definitely reminded a lot of Mad Max Fury Road, in which you have, like, a director who has full control over a studio-sized blockbuster budget. Like, he gets to make his own movie. Like, it's not like a, a a trial by committee thing. Like, he gets an entire say on what he wants to do. Now, the problem is that George Miller and Zack Snyder are two incredibly different people, uh, both at very varying levels of being able to make good movies. <laughs> so Zack Snyder having all that control is really cool. What he chooses to do with that control is ultimately like, oh, okay, you just want to do... A slightly different version of the same homogenous product that we're getting time and time again. And then because you know, like, you truly don't want anyone else to ever fuck with this, you're just gonna make it four hours. You're just fuck it. Everything I ever filmed for this movie is gonna go in. Nothing's getting cut out. It's an assembly cut. I kind of get it. I understand the vindiction, I understand the conviction. Yeah. It's just. It's the third. It's following up two shitty fucking movies in a franchise of already shitty movies. Like it's just, it's a grand. It's like if Avengers Endgame. twenty, if all twenty two films coming before that were just oh, horseshit.
1: <laughs> we're <laughs> deeply like, okay. bad. Kevin, what? It's like, do congratulations. You see, what DC movies do you like?
0: None of them. I I think it's awful. I really, so I, even the ones that people, like the Wonder Woman movies are trash. Birds of Prey, I did not enjoy. The Snyder ones, Man of Steel is really fucking boring. Yeah. Batman v Superman is one of the worst films of the 2010s. Of all time, yeah. Um, but for, here's the thing. I would be down to rewatch it because I think it is a perverse I mean, you slept through a lot of the really fucked up parts of that movie, but it it is a film that uses like school shooting imagery, ISIS imagery, Yemeni genocide imagery, Boko Haram imagery, all for the sake of kind of analyzing how we treat superhero mythology. And a lot of people take to that as like this really bold statement and and this really bold vision in and of itself. Whereas I receive it as really. You're going to take all of these very real, very present tragedies all so you can say a little bit of commentary about cartoon dudes in (laughs) capes? Are you a fucking psycho piece of shit? So, you know, it's a polarizing movie, which is something you can't really say to any of the other DC films, which are just so, so boring.
1: I was going to say, like, I feel like the non-Nolan, which I obviously love. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Dark Knight Rises, but. Me neither. Overall, it's like an interesting trilogy and he did something, you know? Yeah. Minus those. All the DC movies that I've seen are so boring. Like, just boring. Like, nothing. And, like, and, and I think that, like. The funny the strange thing about Marvel and the reason it's still what it is is that like somehow even though they keep making the same damn movie it never feels boring to me. It I I rewatched Endgame recently and I was like I hated this when I first saw it but like I'm having fun. Like I'm still having fun. Why?
0: Warner Brothers has been trying to a- answer the question of why for the yeah, past they few don't years. Even
1: know.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the that's the big thing is that Marvel has Kevin Feige. So they have this clear voice On what he wants all the movies to be. And he wants them all to be like sort of light action comedies that set up the next one. Yeah. That's the mission statement. DC doesn't really have that. They wanted Zack Snyder to set that up, but then he makes Man of Steel. He makes Batman v Superman. Batman v Superman has not broken a billion dollars. That has Batman and Superman. And globally, that film clocked out at, I believe, $839 million. It was. That's so dark. (laughs) catastrophic failure yeah. in the grand scheme of things and so it makes sense why they would want to try to course correct so hard with justice league and why he was his departure from the project though by tragic means was kind of like uh, a a blessing for the studio
1: best case scenario for them they're like okay let's bring in the dude who as much as he sucks like He's got a track record. Like, I love yeah. Avengers. That's a, like a, a wonderful movie.
0: They still fucked it up somehow. They, oh, they still fumbled the bag <laughs> so
1: hard. Well, I think because they're at this point they're like too conscious of it. I think WB's just way too conscious of the fact that they used to be like the studio and now they're like, um, <laughs> um we got the Big Bang Theory. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and so and like every film that isn't a Snyder movie, like the the Patty Jenkins movies. Uh, and the the birds of prey shit the harley quinn shit those are so desperately trying to escape what the snyder vision is to the extent of like like birds of prey is literally just like two hours of making fun of batman v superman and suicide squad it's just like retconning itself by roasting itself
1: some women i know are like that's the most movie i've ever seen And some women i know are like that was the most evil movie i've ever seen
0: <laughs> And we get like a few of those every year i think
1: Wonder Woman eighty four, the film that my friend texted me after watching it. Maybe women shouldn't be allowed to make movies, <laughs> 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 and uh, she was right.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing about Zack Snyder's Justice League: there are moments of this movie that I think are incredible. That whole scene where Aquaman like f- saves the 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 fisherman on the boat. And then goes Mm -hmm. into the bar, Mm -hmm. and then like gets a whiskey bottle, and then walks out. And Zack Snyder decides to score it to Nick Cave and the Seeds. Oh my god. And it's just this slow motion of Jason Momoa slowly taking off his shirt. And this water just from the sea pouring all over him. It's so, so horny. It is (laughs) unreal how much the camera wants to fuck Jason Momoa. It's the best he's ever looked. It's so good. Like, when Snyder really wants to make iconographic imagery, he nails it. I think he does a really great job. The problem is that Justice League is full of it, but if the movie proceeds, like, Batman v Superman is just, like, a movie literally all about how we shouldn't be looking at these gods as, like, gods. They should be seen as demons. And then at the very end of that movie, suddenly everyone's mourning. And it's like, oh no, they were gods.
1: Oh yeah, how it's does a weird he can't call. die again?
0: Uh, he is killed by Doomsday, who is made of uh, kryptonite, and then he dies. And in Justice League, they dig up his fucking grave. They
1: dig his grave. Up. That was actually <laughs> sick. I actually, that's truly one of the few scenes of that movie where I was like, I like that was I was listening to that part and I looked away, and I and I looked back and I was like, is, is the Flash carrying a coffin? right now? <laughs> Are they talking about how horny they are for Wonder Woman while they're digging up Superman's body?
0: <laughs> very, very Sick. macabre. Which is weird. <laughs>
1: the boys is like... back in town. The boys are back in town.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird, because that conversation about wanting to hook up with Wonder Woman, but she's like an older woman than any guy. That's something that's in the Snyder cut, but not in the in the cut. Which yeah. is I think that was a really rude awakening for me. For there are, you know, for the few moments of this movie that I really love, there are a lot of moments in here that I had assumed, I assumed were rewrites, that I assumed were reshoots. There's one that I even texted you about when I was watching the 2017 Justice League, where uh, Wonder Woman is walking down like a dark street, and she's wearing like these leather pants mm-hmm. that stick right to her ass cheeks, and I'm like, okay, this is. This is Mr. Whedon. This is what he does. And then you look at the Snyder cut, and it's like, oh no, he chose those pants. He chose the costume. I'm still seeing her ass in IMAX format.
1: The man who made Sucker Punch? And you you thought he didn't do that?
0: (laughs) I thought maybe there was a sicko more sicko than him. And there is, don't get me wrong. But that does not change the fact that Mr. Zack Snyder is a bona fide freak.
1: I think Peden is like peed on. Is like, uh, he's a sick freak in real life. But I feel like in his filmmaking, like he, 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 he hides under the nice guy facade too much. So I'm like, no, he wouldn't do that because he is truly like. That's why he's been able to be successful for so long is because he is masquerading under the nice guy, you know, moniker. So I'm like, I wouldn't expect that of him in a film because, you know, that's not on brand for him. In real life, I can't speak on that because he's a terrible person and a creep. But in his filmmaking, that's truly, like, how he operates. He is the nice guy who has a lot of strong female characters, you know?
0: Yeah, but, like, I think, like... Except his woman is w-
1: barren, therefore she does not deserve to live. <laughs>
0: It, I was about to bring up, like, I feel like his take on Black Widow is so similar to what he tries to do to Wonder Woman here. Like, he even does the same joke where, like, in Age of Ultron, uh, Mark Ruffalo falls onto Scarlett Johansson's titties. And then in Justice League 2017, there's literally a reshoot for, like, jokes where the Flash saves Wonder Woman and then just, like, lands, like, missionary style on top of her. And then there's that whole lasso of truth scene where Aquaman is like trying to be honest to the whole crew and all he can say to Wonder Woman is how much he finds her attractive. And then like at the end of the movie, Superman and the Flash are like, she's the woman. Is, that's the thing. Is it like her, her entire characterization in the 2017 version is, yep, that's the lady on the there's team. A girl
1: on the team.
0: <laughs> and I will say this, in, in 2021 Zack Snyder's Justice League, I found her to be so cool. Like, this is the first time I've ever liked a Wonder Woman movie. Because it's just, she is fucking dudes up. She is eviscerating dudes with bombs right in front of her. And then she turns around and a little girl goes, how can I be like you? It is absolutely psychotic. That whole fucking scene on the Amazon island where there's, like, they all sign their suicide pact as sisters to just, okay, okay. We need to make sure this alien creature dude does not leave this temple. So we are locking ourselves in it and we are dropping ourselves in the ocean. Everyone, take this cube, run it down this field on horses. We have this giant dude with an axe who is decapitating each of us. Just go, go, go. That scene, so fucking cool. I have never been interested in one of these Wonder Woman action scenes until that entire chase. Until any of Wonder Woman's shit in this in this movie.
1: Wow. I thought
0: that was... I, thought, I think just the action choreography. I think Zack Snyder is kind of good with it because I think every bit of like fighting here is like that's like his thing that's like why that's his thing yeah exactly like like Batman is in trouble therefore Aquaman needs to jump in and save him at the very last moment and then Aquaman starts fighting people but then he gets in trouble and he needs to be saved and at the very last moment Cyborg comes in like it's everyone really bouncing off of each other in this really elegant way where I mean it's still like just this flurry of like CGI lasers and lights and just Batman using guns. And it's, it's almost incomprehensible to look at, but I felt that I could follow what was happening. And when there was action in this movie, I was into it. And I don't know if I'm just deprived of like a big blockbuster and maybe this was just like, yes. what you know, maybe this would just satiated me, but I, I, I don't know. We, we saw like a Marvel thing just like two weeks ago and that was was trying to do its whole action set piece in the end with people flying in the air and a big cloud of red smoke. And it was awful. And I feel like in this cut of Justice League, I was like kind of interested in what was happening. And so, Aya, I guess what I want to set you up for, Mm -hmm. do you have either anything nice to say about the Snyder Cut or anything truly, truly mean to say about the Snyder Cut. Did this film elicit any strong feelings from you, or was this just flashing lights on your T V screen?
1: I think you heard it. This film exclusively filled me with indescribable rage. <laughs> just pure anger at its its existence.
0: Um I think you brought up an incredible point in that you're right. This was flooded with 70 million at a time of major layoffs, major global downturn. And all the while, you know, I as much as I as I, I like to see Snyder's the fact that Snyder got to make his movie, he got to get it back and nurture his child like that. It's romantic. But he also got to have like this very cathartic incredible 2020. <laughs> which is
1: unfair
0: a, a little bit i you know it's one of those things where i'm i don't think we are in a place uh of getting out of this uh where i can feel happy about this accomplishment for him when it is so clearly at the expense of so many like he he just took 70 million dollars and rolled with it to make a thing that i mean should not exist. Yeah.
1: It, it it fueled me with a rage that is so much more than just, like, this movie shouldn't exist. It, it angered me to continually be reminded. Like, this movie was just, like, a, a flashing light display. Disneyland world of color <laughs> spitting in my face, telling me that, no, men still control everything. And they will be they are able to commission warner brothers and hbo max to give this dude millions of dollars to make a movie that already came out and it it just fuel it just continually fueled me with this burning fiery rage to be reminded that like this is what matters. At the end of the day, this is still what matters. And like as much as we at the beginning of this podcast episode we talked about Minari, we talked about Nomadland, like the films of minorities, the films of women, the films of you know, oppressed groups. They will give us our crumbs. <laughs> but ultimately, like this was worse than every Marvel thing I've ever seen in terms of reminding me how little my taste and my interests matter to anybody and how important the tastes and the interests of men are to the general like creation of art because this is art like it or not this is what the art of filmmaking has turned into and I was sitting there thinking about Martin Scorsese and I was like we keep having the same conversation about Martin Scorsese because he keeps opening his mouth and being like superhero movies or theme park movies and I'm like yeah that's completely correct but then I'm like well Martin are you just mad that like you're just a white dude are you just mad that other white dudes are getting their shot now too Martin like oh no <laughs> it's a different. Group of- who are just still in charge. Well, it's terrible. It's terrible, Martin. Marty. So, yeah. Um it was so, it's so disheartening to watch. It's like at least you know Marvel's pretending like they're doing good things by giving projects to Chloe Zhao to uh the director of Candy Man. Like there's these cool opportunities <laughs> in Marvel still. <laughs> but at least they're doing at least they can pretend they can be like look look what we've given you and and hbo max wb they said at the end of the day all this the entire film industry it's for the boys And that exhausted me and depressed me in a way that I haven't experienced in a long time.
0: (laughs) The Scorsese is always an an odd one because he's very vocal about the things that need marketing or the things that his contract enforces him to market and then very quiet about everything else that he bankrolls. Like uh, Joanna Hogg, he's the executive producer on The Souvenir. Oh,
1: right. Hogheads, like, hog hogheads, hogheads.
0: <laughs> it's the Hogheads. He has his World Cinema Project. Right. A lot of these things, uh, uh, like film preservation movements that he does that are in the name of preserving this idea that he's mourning. And I I think there is credence to your, to. he is definitely mourning the passing of a type of white man that would get his movies made. Yeah. But I think more than him mourning those white men, it's more almost mourning the ideologies behind what got approved in, in such. I, I, I'm really glad you brought this up, actually, because I think just the, the Snyder Cut is such a weird thing to analyze because it's... Zack Snyder's vision of what an auteur piece of like studio filmmaking should be, and a studio's version of what their you know movie of what they want to sell. But the thing is that this is these are both 2017 versions of that. In 2021, both of their takes have been nullified. They are null and void. This is an archaeological piece of the past. Like Not only will there be never be anything like the Snyder Cut because of just the insane circumstances around it, but the very market itself has made it so that this type of movie has either... It, it, it's too big. It's exploded. There are no means to really financially be able to gamble this much on this type of thing. Which kind of brings up Scorsese, where it's like, Scorsese saying... I know you, motherfuckers. I know, which is why instead of trying to bet all the fucking chickens on IP, have the same conviction as you did with just stories, just thing pitches. That's I think that's Scorsese's whole thing, and it's what he doesn't want to say because he I, even for him, as much as he opens his mouth, he doesn't want to be. You lames are unoriginal. I got the OG shit. He doesn't really want to say that out loud. <laughs> but that's what but, it is. Call it what it but is, Barney? It, yeah, it's like Apocalypse Now in 78 having the budget of like a Marvel movie for an adaptation of Heart of Darkness, Heart of Darkness in Darkness. the Vietnam War. Like, that is an insane idea for a film that today would either never get made or have the budget of First Cow.
1: Yeah, and it would be, like, on Netflix for, like, a week. <laughs> be on Hulu. Exactly. With, like, ads every 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think what, I think in Scorsese's perfect world is that we get his 70s, where, yeah, it's all his bros, it's all of the dudes making dudes rock seventy cinema, but you, it, like, Scorsese's like, I want to give Joanna Hogg $75 million so she can make the souvenir too.
1: To do whatever I, she wants to make the soup, like all the souvenir movies, I'm done. <laughs> give me the hog cut. <laughs> I want like one long souvenir. That's what I'm after. He just makes it so easy to dunk on him. I don't want to dunk on Martin Scorsese. I don't want to, but he makes it easy to.
0: He makes it easy to, and I think in large part, the climate around him makes it really easy to.
1: Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, like, his movies, I feel, are so classified in the, like, you know, boys rock genre. (laughs) Where so it's easy to be, like, okay, boys rock director of all time. Where, like, obviously we know his films are far more nuanced than that. It's not about boys rock. It's about boys are sad. But, like... I think that for, like, any person on Twitter who doesn't have any sense of critical thought whatsoever, it's so easy to just be like, Marty, you boy, Boys are b- b- the boys are back in freaking town, Marty.
0: <laughs> so I think, I think the Snyder Cut is, like, this really weird, deranged example of the peak of the peak of this, like, more than endgame, of, like, expensive studio filmmaking. And so I'm curious, we're in 2021, our idea of that is, like, moot. I don't see us really returning to that unless Disney really thinks that is the feasible future of just, just cutting funding for everything else and betting everything on Marvel movies, on Pixar movies. Maybe that's really what's going to happen.
1: Is that not what is already happening?
0: There's a chance that we can kind of get out of it, but it, 95% chance I don't chance think that's going that to happen,
1: especially now that the... I mean... Now that we're in the middle, like after this financial crisis, they've lost so much money because their cruises and their parks are down. They haven't had a Marvel release since 2019 other than their TV shows, which like is not bringing them any money. They have no other choice. Like they can't be funding random small things in hopes that they'll be big, you know, like they have no choice now. Now it's going to be like, well, I mean, we have to deal with the Panera Bread. So now we've got. Fifteen Marvel movies coming your way because that's they need to make that money back immediately.
0: Yeah, I uh, what do you want from a blockbuster?
1: I don't, I don't, I don't hotties, babes. (laughs) Kevin, when I go see a blockbuster, here's what I want: I want to have, I want, I want to freaking have fun. (laughs) I just want to have fun. What was fun about this movie? The most fun I had was when Cyborg's father dies, and Ezra Miller goes. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I chuckled my little butt off. I rewound it to say he didn't just say that. (laughs) Batman vs. Superman is deranged. It's not fun. Man of Steel, that's not fun. Dark Knight is freaking fun. Batman Begins even. There's some fun to be had there. Like, it's fun. Like, a blockbuster should be fun. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you can call me deranged for calling Jaws fun. But Jaws is fun. Like, I want to have fun. I want to have fun. Like, that's the reason that you go see a movie, because it's like so hot outside. You feel your skin's going to peel off. The power is out at your house. You have a bucket of popcorn. You have air conditioning. You want to have fun for two hours. I don't want to, like, consider my life for two hours while watching a bunch of people who I'm told are hot, but I don't actually have any instances in which they look hot, except for Ben Affleck, yell at each other. That's not fun, Kevin. I'm not having fun. Was this movie fun for you? Like, did you have fun?
0: I mean, there are, there are parts of it where I had a lot of fucking fun. I hate you. So I, much. I did. <laughs> I really did. I thought it was. I I have it on my TV right now, and I just got to the moment towards the end where Superman shows up in a black suit and like stops Steppenwolf from stabbing Cyborg by just holding the axe, and he goes not impressed and he turns his head Ugh, and he God. blows on the axe and the axe which is previously throughout the entire film been used to like destroy people and like g- you know create giant bubbles he blows on this axe and it freezes and then he punches the axe and it shatters it shatters and then he punches Steppenwolf in the fucking face that's fun
1: Henry Cavill is one of our worst living actors. He's so good at Mission Impossible Fallout, but like, is he really?
0: <laughs> look, you I, I know you hate all of this movie, but I, I find it absolutely deranged that Warner Brothers would watch the Snyder Cut in like 2016 and look at this and think, huh, the Superman and the cyborg parts. That's what's not working here. <laughs> Insane to me. Because those are the two parts of the movie that I found most engrossing. I, I felt like those are home runs. The second parts were excellent, I felt. Okay. She has something nice to say. Oh, my goodness.
1: Well, I thought he was excellent. So, maybe that's why. Yeah. I mean, they it, were, I mean he's cool, too. I mean, he's freaking yeah. cool. And also, I love Teen Titans.
0: <laughs> there we go. There we go. Like, home so team advantage.
1: much. I can't even tell you how much I love Teen Titans. I love Teen Titans so much. I have to watch Teen Titans go. But, uh, so yeah, every time I look at Cyborg, I'm just like, <laughs> who is your There's favorite a... Teen Titan, yeah. Kevin?
0: Uh, I like Beast Boy. A Beast lot. Boy's the best would... Teen Titan. Next. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was that that Flash game on cartoonnetwork.com. Yeah. Where it was like a side scroller beat up. And, like, Beast Boy was always the best because you. Could play as one character, but really you're playing as like five characters. You have so
1: many different animals you could turn it into.
0: It was so cool. I love Beast Boy. Raven's hot.
1: Raven's the coolest. Starfire yeah. is so sick too. Robert's yeah, weak.
0: <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. Like and Cyborg, of
1: course, was sick.
0: Uh, did you believe for a single second that the cyborg in this film were supposed to be teenage aged? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he has the most beautiful voice. I wish he had, like, if he had, like, a, a calm story on the Calm app, I'd listen to it every night.
0: It is pretty sinister that in the in, in the Koskeedon cut, they, like, Cyborg is the heart of the Snyder cut. Truly, and, yeah. And it's, like, a very, like, heavy story of, like, a single black father laying onto his, like, disabled son literally the powers of a god thinking that he's doing the right thing, but ultimately punishing his son, who he's already punished enough in in his living, breathing days, by not showing up for him. He gives him the responsibilities (laughs) of literally controlling everything. And it is not nearly explored enough as it should be or as it could be. There's, There's so much going on there. And he is so clearly the focus of so many scenes and in the 2017 version, they they like bend over backwards to put him in the background of all of those scenes that he was driving in the original cut. It's like, you know, there's been a, a big uh, uh, abuse uh, scandal going on uh, right. that Ray Fisher has brought up uh, about how uh, Koskinen has essentially uh, really mistreated the entire set during the reshoots and... It's very unclear what actually happened there. A lot of the language is very oblique, uh, very vague. Uh, but Gal Gadot also agrees with Ray Fisher. Like, everyone was Does very she loyal. Really? Yeah, uh, everyone had a really bad experience doing the reshoots, which is why they all like on their social media accounts they were like hashtag release the Snyder cut. They like it wasn't just fans who were doing it, it was the principal actors, right. Of this fucking movie because they were that like were getting the this ball was rolling. Such a
1: terrible experience! Like, it's about Zach. I mean, he yeah. seems like an, clearly, he seems like a he's nice to the, these people. I don't know.
0: Do you think the world cares about the Snyder Cut? Is this a completely insulated cultural event, or will time remember Zack Snyder's DCEU?
1: My friend in Portland. Did not know what the Snyder Cut was. And yesterday I said, I'm, I'm watching the Snyder Cut. We are on Zoom. I said, I'm watching the Snyder Cut. And all of my friends on the chat, all of them, were like, what's that? We've got one here. She's in the arts. We've got one in uh, the Bay Area. She's in sciences. And then we've got one up in Oregon. She's an artist. All of them were like, what's the Snyder Cut? So I explained to them the Snyder Cut. I explained the general cons- conceit of the Snyder Cut. And they're all like it's bullshit. <laughs> it sounds like trash. <laughs> it sounds terrible. This morning, I get a screenshot from my friend in Oregon of Hinge, where she's chatting with a guy. She says, "What are you doing today?" And he says, "Well, I'm probably going to watch him do the Snyder Cut before work." Based. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So, like, yeah, I think it is gonna be huge for like a week or two, or maybe a month, maybe. But I think ultimately, um, history and time will forget the Zack Snyder EU. I think no one even remembers the other two movies to begin with. I think that this has just been like like the a strangely overblown thing for what it is. And I think, um, very soon especially if wonder woman 84 had been better i think maybe this could have been something but i think that it'll be overshadowed quickly by i don't know suicide squad 2 there's something else coming out that's maybe engaging i can't remember
0: a good sign for the future of warner brothers
1: (laughs) (laughs) great great for me personally
0: honestly (laughs) i don't know I, i i do feel like these films will kind of be treated as like maybe cult films going forward. Um, They're already getting a weird, vulgar, auteurist uh, appraisal now. Uh, It's, I don't know. I just feel like Snyder has done so much in his early career work that is so interesting and none of it is here. And uh, I don't know. A lot of people claim that it really is here. But I think people are just getting really swept up in the meta-narrative around this film, which I think they should be because the meta-narrative is the most fascinating part of this fucking movie. I don't know. There's a a part of my brain that likes watching a freak do his freak thing, even if I have to remove the entire context and financial means with which he got to have this catharsis. But it's very rare nowadays that any director gets to have catharsis. And for one to have one on a scale... This fucking major, like, it's 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 unreal to me. It, as, as shitty as his movies are, I don't think I would be able to make them. I don't know if I could get into the mindset of constructing the vision, the roadmap, like, what needs to go through your brain to make this movie... Because you know Marvel movies are entire; they're like almost like factory made. You know, it's yeah, pre-visualized. yeah. they
1: pre-packaged, and you just kind of like maybe get a fun scene here, and there.
0: Exactly. Zack Snyder has pride, prided himself on him being the driving writer, the driving producer, the driving editor, the driving sound supervisor. Like this is truly what he wanted. He is supervising every bit of this. It, it's not a CEO; it's him. That is insane. And that takes a truly crazy person to think, okay, I'm going to make Justice League. I'm going to make this movie. At the end of the day, it's ultimately pretty boring. But man, is it a real complicated type of boring.
1: If you just saw this and didn't have the last like three years, like you'd be like, Pfft. anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, on the fucking bright side. (laughs) Oh, baby. We have a hometown buffet style selection (laughs) to deal with here. Zack Snyder, he may not know many things, but he knows how to film a hot human being. Aya, it is time. Justice League, the Snyder Cut. Who was the hottest of the flick?
1: It's very interesting that you say that because I truly feel like I should be more attracted to all of these people. Maybe I'm just not straight. But, um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <DVD>. <laughs> um, But, like, I don't find, like, uh, Jason Momoa does nothing for me. Henry Cavill does <laughs> negative <laughs> zero. <laughs> negative Insane. for me. Easily. Easily. The hottest person. The- maybe he's, he may be, like, the only director. Other than, like, Gus Van Sant, who truly knows how to capture the profound hotness of my man, (laughs) the hottest of the flick, Boston's Boston's own, (laughs) Benny Affleck.
0: (laughs) Literally sleepwalking through this movie.
1: (laughs) He is sleepwalking, but God, does he look good doing it. Oh, my Lord. Zack Snyder does something to his face. That truly captures like peak Benny Affleck because as of late, he has been chugging those donkeys. He has been chain smoking <laughs> through his mask. But like all the weight form, has gone to his cheeks in peak form. Ben Affleck is a like a gorgeous man. Like he's so yeah. handsome. Give, like, give me freaking, you know, the town. Is he Is he hot in the town? I'm like, I can't speak to Ben Affleck being hot because I think he's literally always hot. <laughs> like, like I said, Goodwill hunting. Gorgeous in Goodwill Hunting. He's such a handsome guy. And I feel like a lot of directors don't really know. He certainly doesn't know how to make himself look attractive in a movie. That's for goddamn sure. But like in this movie, he is so profoundly sexy. Like I think it's because Zack Snyder sees a lot of himself in Ben Affleck. Probably like they both got like the like the slight like uh beard on. You know they're both like you know salt. He got this, he's got the salt and pepper. Like Zack Snyder clearly is like, how would I want to look if I was in a movie? I'm gonna make Ben Affleck look like that. I think he's <laughs> so hot in this movie. Every like he's so big in this movie. Every like ten minutes, I I'd, I'd be like wow. Just text a friend. Text a different friend every time. Being like, all right, the Snyder Cut is four hours long. Don't watch it. But like, if you wanted to drop in for a bit, <laughs> 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 I will give you the in and out codes, the time codes, baby. Like, di- dive in for you. some. Dive in for some salt and pep, Daddy Ben Affleck, Batfleck. <laughs> hot, hot, hot.
0: He has the build of a primate. He oh, just has these so massive <laughs> fucking shoulders. Huge. Can just like throw you like a barrel in Donkey Kong.
1: Truly all I want in this life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Uh-oh. This actress is in the most possibly horrifying scene in the whole film. There's a scene that introduces the Flash, where he looks and finds... That a woman that he is ogling is in a car and is about to get bashed right the fuck into by a giant semi-truck. This woman is Kiersey Clemens. Who looks so fucking fine in this movie. And the problem, the problem with the scene is that the movie agrees with me. And that during this whole slow-motion savior sequence. The Flash, played by Ezra Miller, who is a bit of a a bit of a creepy individual, goes and tries to save her. And the first thing he does is cup her face with his hand so he can move her, her hair. Terrifying. <laughs> so so Upsetting. scary. In a hero's entrance. That's what they decide to make him do. It's him without having any consent of this woman moving her hair and then to top it all off, surrounded by phallic hot dogs. Oh, God. It's horrible, it's so bad.
1: <laughs> I should have seen Batman's dong if it was gonna sit for four hours. All I heard him say was the F word.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I sat
1: there for four hours, and my little treat at the end was to hear Batman swear. I, like, like Ben Affleck. Should have hung dog if I was going to sit there for four hours. Dan Fincher got out of him for <laughs> two.
0: Two. Zack Snyder, Mr. Snyder, we shall meet once again on this very podcast. <laughs> sure we you fucking will. fucking bastard. I hope you're doing okay, bud.
1: Yes, Zack, I'm sure I'll run into you at the Whole Foods one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> I'll catch you at the Gelson's. Folks, thank you for listening to I vs. The Big Boys on the Mary Graham Magazine Podcast Network. Um, please subscribe to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash MGRM. Got a lot going on there. Um, please follow Mary Graham Magazine at MGR Magazine. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Ia uh, LHMN on Twitter and Instagram for me. Kevin Cookman, Twitter and Instagram for Kevin. Please join Diamond the Jukebox every Friday night. Please email us at I versus the big boys at gmail.com and um, as always, I will fucking kill
0: you <laughs> boys I'll see you at the next available IMAX screening of Zack Snyder's Justice League let's go <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't be mad don't be mad at
0: me don't no, 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 I can't stop it he- don't be mad, don't be mad at me. No, 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 no. I miss what you were saying. I was miles away. Don't be mad, don't be mad. Now like I got a choice. I was busy thinking about boys,
1: boys,
0: boys. I was busy dreaming about boys, boys, boys. about boys, boys, boys.